Welcome, Schmodown fans, to episode 22 of Talkin' Schmodown. I'm your host, Josh the Merc Rayner, editor-in-chief of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am here with another double-sized episode. Had some stuff come up last week, so I have another double-sized episode for you. And we have some great matches going on. Uh, the first week's matches, we had Adam Lovick versus Eric Zipper in an inner geekdom match. Uh, followed by Paul Oyama versus Chance Ellison. And the winner uh, w- would go on to play uh, a number one contenders match at the Collision, which happened this past weekend. The second week's matches, we actually had three matches. We had an inner geekdom fatal four-way then we also had Robert Meyer Burnett versus Tom Dagnino, which uh, that'll be an interesting one to talk about, uh, as well as JTE versus Liz Shannon Miller, the winner uh, to play the winner of Paul Oyama and uh, Chance Ellison at Collision. So how about we just get right into it? So let's get ready to talk Schmodown. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talking Schmodown. I am so excited to uh, break down everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks, so let's just get right into everything. I have a couple of news items that I want to touch on. Uh, first up, there is a new profiles up on uh, the Patreon right now with the uh, current... Uh, I mean, I don't know how you want to describe him, but he is just like the wunderkind of the Inner Geekdom Division, Kevin the Smasher Smets. He is one hell of a player, and uh, I am really excited to talk about his match against uh, Mike Kalinowski uh, from uh, from Collision. We'll be talking about all that next week. But until then, you can check out his new uh, profiles up on Patreon. If you're not a patron, please head on over to Patreon and... Uh, pledge become a become become a patron you know even just like one dollar a month it will get you a whole lot of great extra content uh that you can't get anywhere else so definitely head over and do that also uh the schmodown recently published a two-hour q a with emma fife tom dagnino mark riley john roca and mark and draco that is uh, currently available to watch. I believe it is on the YouTube channel. Uh, so go and check that out. It's really, really cool. Uh, like I said, it's like two hours long, and you get uh, it's like some real quality time uh, with each of these players. You know, from the Schmodown, just kind of uh, you know talking about their time. Uh, Emma kind of like hosts it a bit, so it's really interesting. I, re- I highly recommend you guys checking out this Q&A. Uh, the Harry Potter four-way exhibition match 
is now available to all patrons. So head on over to Patreon and uh, check out the Harry Potter exhibition match. It has John Roca, uh, Aaron Zetch, Kevin Smets, and Kim Horcher. So definitely check that one out if you are a fan of Harry Potter. Uh, and the end of this month, we will see the next exhibition match, which will be the Star Trek four-way exhibition match. And it will have Jason Inman returning to take on Kevin Smets, Whitney Seibold, and Ethan Irwin. I'm pretty excited to see Jason Inman back, uh, you know, and doing Star Trek. I mean, hey, that's fantastic. Only one better, I think, to have gotten would have been like a, like a Scott Mance or something, so... But getting Jason Inman in there is amazing. I'm so happy to see him back in the Movie Trivia Schmodown. So make sure to check that out. It will be available to, I believe, the $10 and up patrons first. And then a week later for the $5. And then uh, a week after that to all patrons. So make sure you check out that. So we're going to get into week one. The inside schmodown for the first week was Chance Ellison and Paul Oyama. Uh, this was the first time that Inside Schmodown had done two guests, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, Paul Oyama's chewing gum into his mic, and I gotta say, it just makes me dislike this guy even more. It's like that is so unprofessional. Just like stop chomping away into the mic. That is, it's one of the, it's it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine. And I absolutely uh, hate when people do that. So, And I already dislike this guy, so it just really uh, was like icing on the cake. Uh, so, you know, they talk a lot about, you know, their history in the fan leagues. Uh, they talk about Kaiser and Smets and, and the dungeon. Um, you know, all, kind, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, Chance Ellison, you know, he may be a heel, but... He's at least got some some likable charisma, you know. Un- unlike Paul Oyama, who, like I said before, really just kind of annoys the hell out of me. Uh, Chance, you know, he still needs some work on the mic, but he's getting better. You know, he, he he's definitely better than where he started. Um, o- Oyama's definitely got some skills. He's definitely you know good, you know, in the ring. He's 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 actually pretty good on the mic. It's just his personality. I don't I don't know if that's his true personality. Or if that's his character personality, but no matter what, I really dislike uh, the way he portrays himself, at least in the movie trivia Schmodown. Um, like I said, he's he's good on the mic. Chance still needs a little bit of work, and you see that you know throughout uh, the, you know these couple of weeks, you see him on the mic, and it's just like, he. I feel like he just gets a bit too nervous. Is what it seems like, you know. And he's done, you know. He does uh, like reactions and things like that. So he's been on camera, but you know, this is a bit of a different beast. You know, there's a lot of people watching. You know, you got he was a fan first, you know. So you got all these people that he probably really respects and and, and uh, you know who who he like really look probably looks up to, uh, and, and it probably it probably makes him nervous a little bit. It really wouldn't shock me, you know. Um, and I gotta say, if it wasn't for Ken, this whole episode would just have been a mess. <laughs> the two of them bickering back and forth. You could tell that there's some real heat there from their time in uh, in the fan leagues. So uh, it, it really, 
it's it's difficult when you've got thing when you've got players like this who have I honestly believe have have real heat uh, backstage. Uh, but I mean, it can make for interesting drama, but it can also make things a bit awkward when one is a bit better on the mic than the other. So. Luckily for Chance, Ken is in his corner and uh, is an amazing hype man and is fantastic on the mic. So, luckily for him. So, let's dive right into match number one for week one. It's Adam Lovick versus Eric Zipper in an inner geekdom match. Opening scene was uh, Roca and Tom Dagnino in the back talking you know, about uh, whether or not they can trust one another. Roca, he's still not sure, and you know what? Honestly, I don't blame him at this at this stage. You know, I mean, Dagnino has been a thorn in Roca's side for a long time. You know, whether it was you know from the Patriots and and, and the Lions Den and all that stuff, whether it was you know doing stuff, you know, a, Dagnino going against uh, top ten and all that kind of stuff. You know. He's really just been a thorn in Roka's side. So, you know, his hesitancy is is definitely warranted here. Uh, and I, I don't blame him whatsoever. I would I would feel the exact same way. Uh, so we we get into it. Roxy's back on the desk again. Uh, this week alongside Mark Ellis. I love uh, when Roxy's on the desk. She is so excited to be there. She has this huge smile on her face all the time. She loves being there doing uh, the desk. It's so it's so fun to see. She brings a great energy and a great vibe to it, uh, everything when she is on the desk, and I really love that. Um, so it looks like during the uh, the opening promos, you know, Eric he's talking and. He really wants to get revenge on Mike and uh, Corruption after they they played him for a fool. Um, you know we saw that a few weeks back when uh, you know before they had announced uh, Stacy's partner. Uh, you know the, the the rumor was that it was Eric Zipper, and then you know we get that scene where it looks like Zipper might you know be running Corruption, but it was all just just a, a, a you know they're just messing with him. The whole time, Grace and and, and Mike, they're just messing with him, and it drove him to uh, team up with Paul Oyama and, and join Kaiser, uh, he joined the dungeon. So, I mean, you know, you, you got to be careful because you don't know what this kid's gonna do. He could come back and, and he could smoke you guys uh, just because just out of spite. You know, you got you got to be careful. So out first was Eric Zipper. Uh, he, he does his whole like sad sack pity me routine. Uh, not the biggest fan of it. Uh, hopefully it doesn't it doesn't last that long. But you know I, I wasn't digging it. Uh, then out comes Adam, just you know doing a normal you know nothing special about his entrance. So we get into round one. Uh, and for inner geekdom matches, it is a ten question round. Uh, we go Adam Lavic. He does really well this round. He winds up with eight solid points uh, out of the possible ten. Zipper, however, does 
not so well. It's, it's pretty rough for him this round. He only gets half his questions here. He only gets 5 out of 10. Um, I did want to mention one uh, one thing that I learned during this round. I think it was like question 5 or something like that. Uh, it asked who voiced uh, the juggernaut. And I had no idea uh, who, who voiced the juggernaut in um, uh, Deadpool 2. And apparently it was Ryan Reynolds himself. I had no idea that he vo- he did the voice for Juggernaut. That's so cool. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the movie just to kind of see if I can hear that. I thought that was really fascinating, so I just kind of wanted to mention that. So we end round one, eight to five. Going into round two, Adam spins DC movies and keeps it. I mean, it's definitely a strength of his, so it makes sense that he would keep it. And you know, you go, he goes through the first three questions without a problem. Two points apiece uh, for those first three questions, and it seemed like this was his category. You know, it really seemed like he was he was going to take this thing home without a problem. But then, you know, he, he stumbles on his fourth question, goes to multiple choice, was, isn't able to grab it, allows uh, Zipper to get a, a one-point steal, and then, uh, you know, he confidently answers his question five, misses that, uh, and allows Zipper to get a two-point steal here. That's a pretty huge steal for him, especially since he was already three points behind he uh the, you know at the end of round one and zipper was able to grab three extra points there uh ending this portion of round two 14 to eight in favor of uh adam lavik but eric you know he still has he had a chance here so he gets up he spins uh dceu and decides he, he's gonna re-spin which uh he probably should have uh, stuck to DCEU, but he, you know he does pretty well in the category he gets, which is Harry Potter. Uh, he does wind up getting four out of the five questions correct. Went to multiple choice a couple of times, but he did miss his very first question. But luckily for him, uh, Adam was not able to uh, capitalize on a two-point steal, which would have been a huge, huge swing for Adam uh, if he had been able to hit that one. So we end round two tied, fourteen to fourteen. You know, you know those three points worth of steals during uh, Adam's uh, uh, portion of the round. That was huge. You know, that got him tied. You know, that that allowed him to get to that point. If he hadn't gotten those, he'd still be three points behind. So it's 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 definitely uh, great for him that he was able to do that, tied it up, made it a real even match going into round three, and this is kind of where things just fall apart a bit for him. Uh, they're both able to answer their two point questions, no problem, but then uh, Eric gets his three pointer incorrect, and then his five pointer incorrect. Uh, so, but the thing about that, they both got, like I said, their two point questions correct, which, okay, they're tied here. Um, so it, to me, it, it makes sense that Eric would get his three pointer asked, but then he gets it wrong and it seems like, okay, well then 
theoretically, you should have to go to uh, Adam for his three-pointer. Um, but, it, you know, he doesn't. Uh, Mark asks Eric his five-pointer, uh, leaving it wide open for Eric to only have to do his three. And he gets it right, winning the match. Adam Lovick wins the match 19-16. to 16. Uh, you know, it wasn't the best match we've seen, but Adam actually did pretty well. He got, like I said, he got 8 out of 10 that first round. Uh, you know, he got 6 out of 10 points in his second round. Uh, he did allow a couple of steals, though, but, you know, 6 out of 10, that's not terrible. That's decent. Um, and then he, he answered the two questions that he needed to answer, in round three, he answered correctly. So he actually did, I think, pretty well uh, considering during uh, this match. Uh, so during the exit interviews, Eric went on and challenged Haley Fouch, but said that corruption is his ultimate goal. Uh, I do really want to see uh, Eric versus Haley. I think that would be a, a pretty decent match. I love Haley, and uh, just be getting the chance to see her compete more I think would be great. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Jen said, uh, so this is something that I noticed, that Jen, I, I marked this down, Jen said uh, DC Movie News instead of just DC Movies during Adam's interview while I'm assuming ta- while he was uh, talking about uh, like the category and everything uh, and, and his strengths and stuff, so I just thought that was that was really kind of funny, uh, and I wanted to kind of just mention that, uh, you know. And he's ready to make his way to the title. You know, he's he's confident that you know he can get there. Uh, he just needs to show that he can get there. He, he hasn't quite done that yet. Then we get our ending scene. Whitney is in the back. He's approached by Brendan Meyer. Uh, and he, Brendan kind of fanboys out a bit. He tells Whitney that uh, Bibbs has been giving him advice. And Whitney didn't seem too pleased about that and uh, kind of takes off. So I'm interested to see where uh, all this goes between Brendan Meyer and, and Bibbs and Whitney and all this stuff. So uh, I'm interested. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about it a lot about what I think they might be doing. So, uh, you know, if you've been listening, you know. If you haven't, go check out some of my previous episodes. You'll. You'll definitely hear uh, me talk about that. Then we get into match number two. Paul Oyama versus Chance Ellison. Winner to play in a number one contender match at the Collision. The opening scene is uh, Eric Zipper in the back. He's kind of sulking, doing his whole sad sack routine like usual. Kaiser comes up, says he shouldn't have taken uh, that match without him there. And uh, he, he goes on to say that this does not go against his record, against Kaiser's record as, as a manager, because he wasn't actually managing him at the time. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't even really inform him about this. He just took this match on. Uh, so it, it seems like that whole kind of trial period thing was that, that was really a thing going on. And uh, you know, and, and there it is. Really, I mean. Kaiser knows what he's doing, you know. He he knows how to groom people. He knows how to how to elevate people. And uh, if Eric really wants his help, I hope he begins to listen. 
So, uh, this week is, uh, or this match, I should say, is the one that had Emma and Roxy on the desk. Uh, the, the previous episode uh, that I did, I talked about uh, this, I mentioned it, uh, Christian had put out like an image from it, he had made that announcement that uh, it was going to be the first uh, all-female desk with Emma and Roxy, and that was, that was pretty awesome. The two of them together, I thought I thought they worked really well. I, I really liked the the way they would banter off of one another, um, kind of like break balls and stuff. I thought that was I thought it was real fun. Emma and Roxy actually went on about um, sunglasses in the schmodown, which I thought was funny. Uh, Emma even says that they should be banned, and Roxy even agrees. And the thing that I found to be hilarious about this is, while you're watching this, you know you hear. You know, you hear Emma say that, you know, maybe they should be banned. And, and Ro- like I said, Roxy agrees. And meanwhile, there is literally a big, like a giant poster in the background right behind them uh, for Collision 3 with Jeff Snyder, uh, you know, one of the members of the Odd Couple who was managed by Roxy, wearing sunglasses. And I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, so ironic. I, I, I laughed so much. I had to pause the video uh, and just like st- look at that. and I, It just made me laugh so much. It was hilarious. Go back and check that out. It was really funny. So Chance comes out first with you know the members of Corruption as usual. Uh, Paul comes out second with Eric and Kaiser. Uh, and, we, you know, and we get into this. The winner uh, of this one will go on to face uh, either Liz Shannon Miller uh, or uh, JTE in a number one contenders match at uh, the Collision, which, like I said, I will be talking about next week. If you watched the Collision, you know uh, who won. So, but I will get into that later on in the show. So, round one, it was real close. Uh, you know, you had Paul getting seven out of eight points. And Chance rocking a perfect round. Uh, he even gets his bonus question, which was, uh, which Oscar-winning actor plays a young man named Marius, a student revolutionary in 2012's Les Miserables? The answer, of course, is Eddie Redmayne, and, and Chance hit that with no problem whatsoever, ending round one, seven to nine. This right here... Uh, was was a big boost for for Chance, uh, you know, being able to outdo uh, Paul Oyama in that first round. You know, Paul he's got a chip on his shoulder, um, and I'm sure that this kind of hurt his ego a little bit coming out of round one, having Chance Ellison up by two points, getting a perfect round. Paul wasn't able to do that, you know. Paul ended up missing, uh, I think it was his third question or something like that. Chance just plowed right through everything. So uh, I, I'm, sure I, I'm sure he wasn't feeling great after that first round. But then we get into round two. Uh, Chance goes up. He spins 70s. Doesn't like that. Respins and lands on thrillers. He's able to get three out of his four questions for a total of five points. He missed his very first one after going to multiple choice, and luckily for him, uh, Paul was unable to capitalize for a steal. So you know it, it didn't it didn't really hurt uh, Chance too much. 
Um, but you know, when you are in a match with a guy like Paul Oyama, you want every point you can possibly get. And the fact that he only got five out of eight, you know, that's kind of rough. You know, especially especially when we see what happens next. Um, so this portion of the round ends seven to fourteen in favor of Chance. Then Paul goes up and spins new releases and stays on it. Uh, as you know, they've said before. I've said this. You know, if if you're in that space and you're regularly, you know, reviewing movies like newer movies that are coming out and things like that, new releases should be a category that you feel confident in. You know, uh, I when they were doing the questions, I did pretty well uh, during this. I think I got most of these questions right, and I think the one that I didn't get right, uh, it was like on the tip of my tongue. Um, and I probably would have gotten it like with a multiple choice kind of a thing, but Paulo Yama he he knew his new releases. He plowed right through and crushed the round, getting all eight points. And that is why, like I said, that is the exact reason that you need to collect as many points as possible when you're going up against someone like Paulo Yama. Yeah, Chance had the lead at the end of round one. But at the end of round two, he was down by one with a score of 15 to 14 in favor of Paul Oyama. And that brings us into the final round, round three. We start off, kind of goes back and forth for a little bit. We have uh, Chance getting his two-pointer, Paul getting his two-pointer. Chance then got his three-pointer. He almost missed this one because he wasn't paying total attention. And was instead being a little bit cocky, kind of calling out to Rachel Silvestrini. Um, they asked for two rom-coms, two rom-coms with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Luckily for him, he was able to use a JTE rule because at first he only answered one. And theoretically, they could have just been like, is that your final answer? He says yes, and that would have been wrong because he needed to say two. Uh, so luckily for him... He was able to uh, actually answer the question and get his three points. Uh, But really, that's where his luck stops. Uh, Paul misses his three-pointer but gets his five. So it comes down to Chance's five-point question. Um, And I'll be honest, I thought he was milking the shit out of this question. So did Paul. He talks about it. Uh, during his exit interview, I really thought he was milking it, but he just didn't know the answer, and unfortunately for Chance, he did not get it right. Uh, so Paulo Yama wins this match, twenty-two to nineteen, and he will go on to play either JTE or Liz Shannon Miller in a number one contenders match at Collision. Uh, Chance, you know, he was again very flustered on the mic. You can tell. I don't know if it's because of the loss, if maybe he was a bit upset. And so it made him more nervous than usual, but he you could definitely tell that he wasn't super comfortable uh, uh, talking uh, on the mic during his exit interview. Then uh, we find out that Kaiser ended up picking Zipper to rep him at the collision in the manager bowl. This came out during Paul's exit interview. Uh, I gotta say, I would not have guessed that. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, I th- I think the way this whole thing is working, um, obviously, you know, the commissioner is is probably in some aspect picking these players. Uh, it is his game. 
you know, he wants to make sure, uh, you know, things kind of work out the way they need to. And you don't really want, you know, a player having to do double duty. Because that's not really fair to that player. So if you think about it, you've got Kevin, who's admittedly from himself, isn't the best at the general trivia. He's, you know, that's why he is focused on inner geekdom. So he, you would not, you know, it would not be smart for Kaiser to choose Kevin for the manager's bowl. Paul, by winning this match, secured himself another match at Collision. Meaning that if Kaiser picked him for the manager bowl, that he'd be doing double duty. So really his only other option was Zipper. So, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. But it wouldn't have been my choice. Like, ideally, I would have had you know thought that you know Kaiser would choose Paul because he's the strongest general trivia player uh, of the three that Kaiser is managing right now. But you know he kind of got stuck, ha- you know, having to pick Zipper really. Um, so you know, we'll, I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, until I talk about it next week. Uh, how he did there. So then we get uh, an end scene for this episode. Uh, and it was Tom and Roka in the back again. Tom says he wants Roka to rep him uh, and the horseman in the manager bowl. Roka hesitantly agrees. I think this was a great choice. You know, you don't want, like, at first when I was thinking about it, I was thinking just about the, the straight up players. Uh, you know, so you've got you know you've got a Ben Bateman, you've got uh, Mark Riley, you've got Dan Merle, um, and like my first choice was like uh, Dan Merle, bam. But thinking about that, it's like you don't want to put the champ into a match in, in a position where he could lose, even though it's not for the title. It would still look bad for the champ to lose uh, this match, so you wouldn't want that. Um, and you know Ben and and Riley, they're they're focusing on other things. I I, I think, and I, I don't know. I'd say Roca is is definitely the best choice. Uh, he's a fantastic player. He's a vet. He's been there solidly. You know he's you know he's never retired. You know he's he's been there. And I think that Roca is probably like I said outside of Dan Murrow, but you don't want to do that. Uh, Roca is probably Dagnino's best bet to uh, take home the manager's uh, bowl for him and the horsemen. So uh, I, I like that pick. I, I really I really dug that pick. So that ended week one. Uh, you know, it was pretty good. You know, I had a couple of great matches. Uh, that uh, Adam Lovick-Eric Zipper match, even though it wasn't like, you know, just like a blockbuster match or anything... It really highlighted how good Adam Lovick actually is, uh, uh, you know, in, in this league, and how much I really want to continue to see him do stuff. And now we get into week two. This is uh, this past pre- this previous week that we that just ended. Uh, we had some great stuff in here. Uh, we had, like I said, we had an inner geekdom fiddle four way. Uh, we had the uh, interesting, I'll say, I'm not going to say great, but I'll say interesting, Robert Meyer Burnett and Tom Dagnino match. 
Uh, and then the JTE Liz Shannon Miller match. So uh, let's get into it. Um, first off, I want to talk about uh, this past week's Inside Schmodown. It was the Collision Preview with Emma Fife. Uh, Emma and Ken, uh, you know, they kind of just broke down the four matches that were taking place at the Collision. Uh, we had the mat, we have the Managers Bowl. The uh, there's a the Inner Geekdom uh, Number One Contenders match. There was a singles Number One Contenders match. And uh, the tag team rematch between the Shire Wolves and uh, the Odd Couple. Uh, and so, like I said, they just kind of broke down each match. They spent a you know they spent the majority of the time on the on the manager bowl. Uh, they talked about Emma's history with the manager slash commissioner bowl. Um, I I gotta say I love how this match has really evolved uh, each time. So it started off with the managers bowl, which had all the managers in it. Uh, then, you know, just kind of, like, see who the best manager was at the game. Um, then it evolved into the Commissioner's Bowl, who, where, you know, it was the managers, and the winner became a commissioner. And now it's evolved into this new kind of version of the Manager's Bowl, where, you know, they're set in proxies, and, uh, you know, they get to essentially run the league for a month, which is fascinating. Uh, I, I'm curious as to what the next, you know, you manager or commissioner's board or whatever will be. So I, I you know, how, you know, how will, we, will it be different? You know, I, I don't know. I'm interested. So it'll be fascinating to see uh, what happens next. Uh, they talk a bit about uh, her annoy about Emma's annoyance with how Sam has been uh, kind of conducting business lately. You know how he was essentially non-existent until she confronted him. And ever since, it seems like he's just kind of been doing whatever the heck he wants. You know, whether it's putting her in matches or just kind of giving people whatever the heck they want. It's it, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I don't know what he's. I don't know if he's just not wanting necessarily to do it, uh, or if he's just having fun with it uh, and not really caring. But uh, I'm intrigued to see where that goes as well. Um, I gotta say, I agree with Ken, uh, that, uh, he talked a bit about Grace and, and how she's been, uh, doing in the league since she's came back, and I gotta say, she has been fantastic since her return. I've loved what I've seen from Grace. She is a natural on camera, uh, on the mic, everything. She's a natural heel. She is one of my favorite uh, managers, I guess you could say. Yeah, she, she, she's a manager. And she's one of my favorite. She she just really kind of brings a whole new attitude to corruption. And uh, I, I really think it, if it wasn't for her, corruption would not be nearly as interesting uh, uh, to, to, to kind of just see out and about. Uh, they really dive, like I said, they really dive deep into the manager's bowl. They go through each of the representatives. Uh, we've got, uh, like like we talked about before, you've got Eric Zipper repping Kaiser. You've got John Roca repping the Horseman and Tom Dagnino. Uh, we've got Janine the Machine repping Jay Washington. Stacy Howard repping uh, Corruption. And uh, for Robert Meyer Burnett, you get Drew McWeenie. Uh, really, to me, the only real uh, threats 
I think, are Roca and McWeenie. Um, yeah, you may have one of the outliers just kind of pop and uh, get lucky out there, but I really think you know it's Roca and McWeenie uh, to keep your eye on. Um, you know, for obviously for those who have already seen Collision, you know who won. But you know, a lot you know, there's a lot of people out there who wait and so who won't see any of it until at least Friday when it posts on YouTube. Uh, and so, like I said, keep an eye. I think uh, you know that is who I was uh, definitely looking at uh, before this match started was uh, Roca and McWeenie. Th- those were the, those were the threats in in my opinion. So. Uh, and I gotta say, it cracks me up when Ken makes uh, Collider Live and uh, uh, the Afternoons with Josh and Ken references. And I really wonder what people who don't watch are thinking. Like, for instance, he made the Ben uh, reference, which is from Collider Live, and the Alone app reference, which is from the Afternoons. I, I, I'm half surprised he didn't try to promote Simply Straws. On this thing, you know, <laughs> it it was it was it was kind of it was really entertaining, um, and I kind of wish he would do it more on these things. So that was it for Inside Schmodown. We're gonna jump right into match one. We've got three matches, so I just want to really kind of plow through uh, and 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 you know just kind of get get there. So match number one for week two was the Inner Geekdom Fiddle Four Way. We had uh, Keaton uh, Keaton Magic Marky. Versus okay, so this match was promoted with certain uh, uh, nicknames for their players, and, and that's how I initially wrote it down because that's the way that it was promoted. Um, so it's it was promoted as you know Keaton Magic Marky versus the Boss Baby Brandon uh, Brandon Hanna versus. Uh, Sean Drew, the Chosen One, versus uh, the Cobra Chance Elson. Now, obviously, Keaton Magic Markey and the Cobra Chance Elson, th- their their nicknames are the same. They've been in the league for a little bit, and uh, you know that's their names. Uh, but the the other two, uh, Brandon Hanna and Sean Drew, Sean Drew Don Dapani. From the way it was marketed to what it ends up being in the match. Apparently, they changed their nicknames. So the boss baby, uh, Brandon Hanna, who uh, was a former intern of Ben Bateman, is no longer the boss baby. He is Brandon the Hitman Hanna. And Chandru the Chosen One is no longer that. It is now Chandru the Zeitgeist Don Dapani. So, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting. I was a little bit confused. I was like, what is going on? Why are, why are they say, changing up their names? But... I don't know. It is what it is. It was probably something last minute, uh, but th- there it is. Uh, so on the desk for this match was Mark Ellis and the return of Danielle Radford. It's always great to see Danielle Radford on the desk. She brings such a, a, a lively uh, energy to it. So I, I was really happy to see her uh, on the desk during one of these matches. So out first was uh, Brandon the Hitman Hannah, followed by Sean Drew the Zeitgeist Don Dapani, then Keaton Magic Marky, and finally the Cobra Chance Ellison. So we get into round number one. Uh, again, this is Inner Geekdom, so it's a 10 question first round. Uh, both Chance Ellison 
and uh, Chandru uh, do actually really actually actually also Brandon. Uh, they all do fairly well, getting uh, both Chance and Chandru get eight points. Uh, Brandon with seven. Keaton unfortunately not doing so hot during this round, only managing to get four out of ten points. Uh, I, I've noticed like she, I love Keaton. She is just a, a ball of energy. I love watching her play. Uh, she is funny. She 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 is smart. I just think the game kind of gets to her, um, and, and and sometimes uh, it can be difficult. So she she doesn't really necessarily perform all that well. But I love seeing her here, you know. So I hope that she continues to come back, and 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 doesn't fade out of of the inner geekdom and out of Schmodown. because I really like seeing her. Uh, so it ends. Round one ends uh, with Chance and Chandru eight points, Brandon seven, Keaton four. We get into round two. Chance spins DC movies and respins and lands on MCU. Uh, he does decently here. He gets three out of his four questions for uh, six total points. Uh, goes multiple choice on on his second question and misses. And allows all three of his competitors to steal one point each. Then Sean Drew, uh, it's his turn. He defers to Brandon, who spins DCEU. And uh, thinks about it for a second and decides he's going to stick with uh, DCEU. He also manages to get three out of his four questions right for six points. And goes multiple choice on one of his questions and misses and allows for all three to steal one point. So he has the exact, essentially, Brandon has the exact same round that Chance does. Gets six points, but allows everybody to steal one point. Um, Brandon's uh, fourth question was, uh, what Oscar did uh, Suicide Squad win? This is one that I think could have been uh, challenged. Because, like I said, it was, uh, paraphrasing, the question was, what Oscar did uh, Suicide Squad win? The correct answer is actually best makeup and hairstyling. The award is makeup and hairstyling. Brandon says makeup. That's all he says. He just says makeup. That's not the award, though. The award is best makeup and hairstyling. So be and if it had come out, you know that Suicide Squad's win was only for the makeup and had nothing to do with any hairstyling, that would be one thing. You know, you might be able to let that slide, but that they don't they don't release that kind of info or anything like that. So I think I mean he's he was obviously given the points, no one challenged, but I, I'm really curious if somebody had challenged this and saying you know. That's not the name of the, you know, he, he all he said was makeup. The the name of the award is makeup and hairstyling. You know, you, you, there is no best makeup award. It is best makeup and hairstyling. Hairstyling is a big part of that award. Uh, so I'm curious if it would have gotten overturned or not. Uh, let me know. What do you guys think? You know, I, I'd like to throw it to the audience out there, to the fans. Do you think if someone had challenged this, 
would it have been overturned? Uh, is it is it something that you think should have been challenged and overturned? Let me know in the comments. Hashtag talking schmodown. T A L K I N schmodown. Talking schmodown. So then we uh, head on over to uh, Keaton. Chandru defers again, and Keaton goes up, spins DC movies, and respins and lands on Star Wars. Uh, the thing that I noticed here is Keaton. I, I feel like it's probably been a while since Keaton has been here, and she probably hasn't been watching the show that much because she spun from the pegs both times. Luckily for her. The pegs didn't break off or anything, but yeah, you got to be careful there, Keaton. Uh, the pet, you know, they they say it a lot, you know, spin from the wheel, not from the pegs. You got to pay attention to that kind of thing, and uh, you know, try to not uh, spin from the pegs next time. So Keaton does not do well here at all. She manages to only answer. One out of four questions for one total point. Uh, Her first question, she went to multiple choice. And total, you could tell she totally guessed the answer. And it's the only thing that she got right for the entirety of that portion. Um, She allowed a bunch of steals to happen. Her second question, she went multiple choice. Missed it. Uh, All three competitors got a a one point steal. Her third question, she missed it right off the top. And Brandon was uh, able to get a two-point steal. And then for her fourth question, she went multiple choice and missed. And Sean Drew and Brandon were able to each get a one-point steal. It's a lot of steals going on. A lot of extra points. It, It doesn't look good for her. She's almost, she's on the verge, at this point, she's on the verge of elimination. She has, you know, because Chandru still has to go at this point. So theoretically, if she is able to steal some points, she could stick around. Chandru's up and he spins heroes and villains. Uh, An interesting category, one that most people try to stay away from. And he decides he's pretty confident and stays with the category. Um... Now, it didn't quite work out that well for him. And yeah, he did get three out of his four questions correct, but he only got four points out of a total eight. He only got half the points. Uh, His final question, he went multiple choice and missed. And both Chance and Brandon were able to steal one point each. Keaton, unable to secure a steal here, is eliminated uh, she only winds up with seven points during this whole uh, ordeal during the first two rounds. Unfortunately, it was a bad day for her, but I'm sure we will see Keaton back in Inner Geekdom at some point. Uh, so round two ends. I've got Chance Elson with 17 points. Keaton was eliminated with seven points. Chandru with 16 points. And Brandon with 19 points. So Brandon, at this point, is in the lead. Uh, we head into round three. Chandru uh, misses his two and three point question, uh, but is luckily able to uh, hit his five pointer after uh, using a JTE rule. Uh, so at this point, he's in the lead with 21 points. Chance Ellison is up next. He gets his two pointer. 
Uh, of course, he slow played that one like usual. Then Brandon's up. He gets his two-pointer. Then it goes back to Chance, who uh, slow plays it again, but manages to get his three-pointer. Uh, and then at that point, Chandru is eliminated with 21 points as Chance pulls ahead with 22 points. Then it goes back over to uh, Brandon, who misses his three but hits his five. And then it's all down to Chance Ellison's five-point question, which unfortunately for him, he misses. And Brandon Hanna, Brandon the Hitman Hanna, wins the match 22-26. to Man, this was a wild, wild match. Uh, I really thought Chance was going to take it. The fact that he got so far after just getting thrown into the inner geekdom by uh, by Emma, kind of out of spite, uh, I thought that was fascinating. You know, he really showed that he could compete. He really can. He really could compete in the inner geekdom if he wanted to. I don't actually know if he will wind up competing more in inner geekdom or not. Um, maybe one day he'll face off against his uh, fellow teammate. His fellow stablemate uh, there, Mike Kalinowski, you never know. So uh, I'm, I, we'll, we'll see down the road how that goes. Uh, so Sean Drew, he, he was pretty impressive. I look forward to seeing more uh, from him down the road. I'm sure we'll get more, you know some singles matches with Sean Drew. He did really well. You know, I mean, it's a four-way. People are going to get eliminated, but he, he held his own. He ended up with 21 points. He did really well this match um and i love seeing keaton like i said i love seeing her show up but it's so sad when she does poorly it makes me so sad uh, i really want to see her do well in this league because she is such like a bright point you know there's a lot of heels out there a lot of just like d-bags just roaming around and it's really nice to get some positivity and just like you know, just such a great attitude about things uh, from Keaton. Uh, so I really hope to see her again. Uh, Chance still seemed a bit nervous talking on camera here. So I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's because of another loss. I don't you know. That's two weeks in a row that, that he suffered a loss. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. I, I hope that, uh, I hope that like maybe Ken is working with him. Uh, on 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 mic skills or something because he needs to get more confident on the mic when he's doing his promos because sometimes they just they don't they come off either awkward or just not convincing um, like sometimes he stumbles over his words when he's doing it I don't know I I hope that he gets better and I think he I think he can so we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, during Brandon's interview, Emma steps in and welcomes him officially to the Inner Geekdom League. And I, and I, th- I thought to myself, that, that was it? I thought something was going to happen. Like, she came in, and she just welcomed him to the league. And that was it. It, it, it wasn't like, uh, hey, this is going to be your next match. You won? Bam, here you go. Enjoy. No, no. It's just her. Same. Hey. How's it going? Welcome to the league. I don't know. I thought it was a little weak sauce, to be honest with you, but uh, I, I just didn't think it was necessary to show. They could have just done the interview and, and been on the way. Like, he's in the league. Okay. I mean, I just don't I don't think it was really necessary. 
Then we got an ending scene for this video, and it was Jay Washington in the back. He's looking for Sam. Sam was like hi weirdly hiding behind like this hanging poster thing between that and a wall. It was really weird. Um, but you know, Jay, you know, he went up to him and he he told him who his uh, who he had chosen to represent him. Though, if you watched the uh, Inside Schmodown first, then you already knew uh, who. Because who, I, I I watched the Inside Schmodowns before I watch uh, any of the matches for the week, and so I already knew who uh, had been chosen. So I already knew that he had chosen Janine. Um, but you know that that was what this this scene was. It was him telling Sam that he was choosing Janine to rep him in the manager bowl. Then we move on to match number three, the infamous Robert Meyer Burnett versus Tom Dagnino match. This match, something else. So let's get into it. Opening scene was Tom and Ben sitting in the back talking about being part of the Five Horsemen. Uh, ben kind of questions why Tom chose Roca. Tom assures him that he that uh, Roca will wipe the floor with the rest of them. So, like I said, he, Roca is one of the ones that you need to keep your eye on for that match. And, man, these guys know how to give a promo. Man, Robert Marbinette, Tom Dagnino, they, they know mics. They can work on mic. Chance Ellison, maybe he, maybe he should go and take some lessons from uh, Robert Marinette and Tom Dagnino because these guys know how to work on mic. And it's, it's just so entertaining watching them do their promos. Um, this is actually Robert Meyer Burnett's very first singles division one-on-one uh, -on -one match. And Tom, it's not his first, but he is 0-3 uh, going into this match. So not a great record for Tom, uh, but he's always entertaining to watch. Out first was Tom Dagnino, you know, being all Tom. And then next was Robert Meyer Burnett with that crazy jacket of his, which I love. I'm so glad that he brought that back uh, with him, at, you know, because he was gone for so long. It was like six months or something crazy like that. And uh, so it was really cool to see him come back with the jacket and everything when he when he did first come back. And now getting to see him do an actual match, coming out with it and everything, I love it. And so we get into round one, and boy, what a round it was. The first three questions, nada. Not a single point. Um, I gotta say, I was shocked that first question that neither of them got. It's like, it was about the movie Bumblebee, who played Charlie in, in Bumblebee, and it's Haley Steinfeld. I was like, that movie just came out, and it was really good. You, why the hell are you guys not watching it? You know, like... Dudes, watch the freaking movie. It's good. Check it out. Uh, so, I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to talk about this round. It was had to be the worst round, the, the, the worst first round in all of Shimodong history. I feel like there's no way. It ended 1-2 to two in favor of Tom Dagnino. Out of eight questions, only two of them were answered correctly. Like, I, I, I just don't understand how this could happen. It's so insane to me. One to two. Three total points out of 16 
total possible points. Like, that's crazy. It has to be. I mean, I'm sure Frank Janish can verify, but it's got to be, like, the worst round ever in Schmodown history. So then we get into round number two. Tom Allow. Okay, so this was something that, this was this was weird and unprecedented. Tom says he's going to allow Robert Meyer Burnett to spin for him. He's not deferring. It's still his turn, but he's having Robert spin the wheel for him. So he does, he obliges, and uh, lands on James Bond. And Tom decides he doesn't like that, so has Robert spin again and lands on the on 1970s movies. And so Tom does not do very well this match. He only gets one question out of his four for one possible point. Uh, he, he misses his first one. He goes okay. First off, he goes multiple choice on all four of his questions. Misses his first one. Uh, luckily for him, Robert was not able to steal that one. Unlucky for him, Robert was able to steal the next two, getting a point each uh, for that. Uh, so that ended round two, three to three. A big old whopping three to three. Tied up because of the steals. Uh, then Robert, it's his turn. He, you know what? He decides, hey, I'm going to let Tom spin for me now. So he does, and Tom spins opponent's choice for Robert Meyer Burnett, and Tom gives him spin. Sports movies. And he does better than Tom did. He uh, ends up with two out of his four questions and gets four uh, points. He you know nails both his correct answers for two points each. Um, the other two questions, he goes multiple choice and misses. And uh, luckily for him, Tom is unable to uh, capitalize and grab those steals. Uh, those last two questions were some big pulls for, for Burnett. He's able to to kind of smash a few extra points and ends round two, seven to three. He's got a four-point lead going into uh, round three. And that four-point lead is what matters. Uh, round three starts off with Tom. Uh, he gets his two-point question but then fails to get his three and five. And really, that's all you need to know because that's where the match ends. Robert Meyer and Burnett wins via TKO with a score of seven to five. I, I, I don't know, but this has got to be one of the worst matches. It was entertaining to watch because these two guys are pure entertainment, and that's really if this was just like kind of like two rookies or two nobodies or whatever, this would this would not have been as entertaining of a match. I don't think. But the two of them playing off of each other, just really, and just just how bad it really was, uh, made it very entertaining to watch. So, uh, yeah, that was that was something. Uh, I, I don't know what the fuck I watched, but it was definitely something else. Uh, yeah, like I said, 75, uh, TKO, Robert Meyer Burnett in his very first match gets... A win via TKO. Hey, like he says, a win is a win. A victory is a victory. You take it. He's his record says one and zero with one t with one knockout. And so, hey, Tom's got zero and four. I mean, who who's ahead here, right? You, you got to look at it that way. He a win is a win, and uh, maybe he'll be kind of join in the ranks again. I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't mind seeing 
Burnett kind of come back into the league and actually play. So we'll we'll see uh, how that goes. And then we get into the final match of this episode. We get JTE versus Liz Shannon Miller. Winner will play Paulo Yama at the collision. Liz comes out first, followed by JTE with Lon and Jonathan Harris. Nothing nothing too special about the entrances here. Uh, we get into the round. I mean, the, the, it's, it's really, it's not, it's not a great round. Um, it's definitely better than the previous match that I just talked about, but, you know, out of eight possible points, the score winds up five to four, uh, in, in, in favor of JTE. So it's kind of just like a mediocre round. You know, they're missing things here. They're missing things there. It's not really a great showing from, uh, either of them. So, uh, it, it was kind of rough, but uh, so then we get into round two. This is where things get a little bit more interesting. JTE spins Ridley Scott, and he seems confident in this, and he stays. Unfortunately for him, he does not get a single answer correct. Goes to multiple choice a couple of times and misses. Uh, gives away a one point steal. Uh, flat out answers a couple of times, but luckily for him, it doesn't get worse. Um, because Liz is only able to capitalize on one steal out of the four that she could have gotten. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse for JTE here. Uh, it, it ends this portion of the round five to five, so it's tied coming out of his his part of the round. And I gotta say, woof, that was a garbage round for JTE, man. And really, it was kind of garbage for Liz too, because she was unable to answer them as well. Uh, they seemed pretty deep cut. It was it was a tough round for JTE. Uh, those were some tough questions, and uh, I don't blame him for kind of being a bit upset later on. So then Liz goes up and spins uh, 2010s. Doesn't like that one. Uh, re-spins and lands on monster movies, which I thought, I was like, oh, that's really cool. You don't see that category very often, so that was really cool to see. And she crushes this, man. I was like, damn, she swept the round, got all eight points. Um, And even though it did seem that there was a bit of a difficulty difference uh, between the two sets of questions, you know, that's how the game goes, man. Hashtag, that's the schmodown. I mean, that's really, that's just the way it is, unfortunately, for JTE. Uh, round two ends five to thirteen in favor of Liz Shannon Miller. We hop into round three. Uh, JTE starts things off. He nabs his two and three point question, uh, getting a, a pretty deep pull, I, I'd say, on his three pointer. But unfortunately, is not able to uh, secure his final question. And Liz Shannon Miller walks away with a win via a TKO, thirteen to ten. That is, is I mean, like I said, it's it's not a great match. Uh, there, is, there was some pretty bad stuff going on. It was mediocre first round. Terrible second round for JTE. Great second round for Liz. And a mediocre third round for JTE. Just coalescing in a loss for him, unfortunately. But now Liz Shannon Miller gets to go and have herself a number one contenders match. She's one match away from a title shot. You know, she she's going to face off against Paul. The winner will then face Dan Merle. And it's like, that's crazy to me. You know, 
this little mini tournament that they did, you know, you had Chance Ellison, you had Paul Oyama, you had David Del Rio, Liz Shannon Miller. Three of those four are rookies this year. Chance, he's still pretty new. He just came in last year. He's still pretty new. And so then then you also have JTE. None of these people are high-ranking competitors. So I don't really understand why they are being given this shot. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't quite understand. It just seems like a really weird, odd, off-putting tournament. But hey, I, I guess that's the way it is. Um, you got Liz Shannon Miller going up against Paul Oyama, and I wish her the best of luck, right? But... Uh, I just don't see it happening. Uh, we'll see how it goes uh, when when uh, I check out the collision this Friday. We get the ending scene. Uh, Robert Meyer Burnett, broadcasting from what I assume to be his home, declares the dominance and dynasty of the family, and that Drew McWeeny will be managing or will be uh, repping him at the Manager Bowl at Collision. We already obviously knew this, but. Uh, you know, so it was kind of cool just to see him do it. It was really a neat way to do it because usually, um, they're just like backstage, and it's kind of like I almost all the time I'm like so and so and so and so are walking in the back or sitting in the back. I say that all the time when I'm talking about these because, I mean, that's where their space is, and that's fine. I get that, but so it was nice to see a different venue for for this one. And so that really wraps everything up. Uh, I'm not going to get into anything. Like I watched a little bit of the collision, uh, but had to stop. And unfortunately, won't be able to watch the rest of it until Friday uh, because it's already down off of uh, Patreon. Um, so I will be checking out the rest of it this Friday and seeing uh, who won the rest of these matches. Hopefully, I won't get anything spoiled for me before I check it out. Um, so, for those of you who didn't get a chance to watch The Collision, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that on Friday. I will be talking about that on next week's episode. There were four matches. We had the Manager Bowl, John Roca, Drew McWeeny, Stacey Howard, Janine the Machine, and Eric Zipper. Uh, the winner, their manager, will get to uh, run essentially run the league for a month. So, I, was, I thought that was pretty interesting. You get the Inner Geekdom number one contender match. Kevin Smets versus Mike Kalinowski. The winner will face Rachel Cushing at San Diego Comic-Con. Big big time right there. Uh, then the singles number one contender match. Liz Shannon Miller versus Paul Oyama. Uh, winner will at some point face Dan Merle for the title. I don't know when that will happen, but at some point. And then the tag team title rematch between the Odd Couple and the Shire Wolves. The Shire Wolves are hungry to take their titles back. They want them. Will they get them? I guess you'll just have to wait and see. Uh, also, Ken and Emma will be doing both the pre and post shows uh, for this, which uh, you can get catch on YouTube. I believe those are just up right now. So if you really wanted to uh, watch like the pre-show now, you could. But uh, otherwise, you know, you, you know, watch the pre-show, then watch the event uh, once it drops on Friday, and then watch the post-show. It's just like, like, a, like a WWE pay-per-view. Got all kinds of crazy content coming at you, and uh, yeah. 
So that about wraps things up for me. This is episode 22 of Talkin' Schmodown. I have been your host, Josh the Merc Rayner, uh, editor and chief and owner of Merc with a Movie blog. Uh, be sure to hit me up on social media. I am on Facebook and uh, YouTube at uh, Merc with a Movie blog, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I've been a lot more active on Twitter lately at Movie Blog Merc. That's uh, M-O-V-I-E-B-L-O-G-M-E-R-C, Movie Blog Merc. Be sure to hit me up there, hashtag Talkin' Schmodown. No G in that. It's just talking. T-A-L-K-I-N, Talkin' Schmodown. It's like slang. You gotta love it. So make sure to hashtag that. You can ask me my thoughts on anything Schmodown related. Also, be sure to check out the other podcasts on the Merc with a Movie blog podcast feed. After Live, it is the unofficial Collider Live after show. We have some great hosts on there. Uh, we have uh, Mike and Wade, Kalen and Sarah. They break down everything in the week of Collider Live, give their thoughts on things. It's a fantastic listen, and I highly recommend it. Also, check out my other site. It's uh, dccomicsnews.com. Uh, I have a podcast feed over there. We do the DC Comics News podcast, and uh, I also produce the Spinner Rack, which is uh, one of my uh, writers and reviewers over there, breaks down his top five picks in the world of DC Comics for the week. So be sure to check all that out, dccomicsnews.com, for all your DC needs. And be sure to... Check us out next week as I cover everything that happens at the collision. This is going to be a hell of a show. I am so excited to talk about it. So make sure you do that. And once again, thank you so much for joining me. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. <laughs>